The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Welcome to the Massage Podcast, Episode 3, November 8th, 2010. It's another beautiful day here in Boulder, Colorado. Today's topic is going to be stress um, and what stress is and how massage can help with people under extreme stress, a little bit of stress, any types of stress. Uh, There are multiple ways to contact us. You can leave a voicemail or send a text message at 303-656-9860. Send us an email via massagepodcast.com on the contact page. Come and chat with us during live recordings or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to first start um, with some statistics or evidence of stress. I have um, some of the physical effects that have been determined by the American Psychological Association. Some of these issues that stress can cause are issues with the nervous system. The hormones that make the heartbeat faster raise blood pressure, change the digestive process, and boost glucose levels in the bloodstream. Once the crisis passes, the systems usually return to normal. Issues with musculoskeletal system, creating tension in the muscles. Stress can make us breathe faster and harder and can bring on panic attacks in some people. The cardiovascular system is also affected, and the endocrine system, the gastrointestinal system, reproductive system, immune system, and it can be devastating. And over time, if the stress is not brought under control, the body starts to break down. And um, there are, of course, many other physical effects of stress, and I'm going to turn this over to Elaine. She has a lot of information as well to further discuss this issue. Thanks, Dawn. I, I've been researching this all week and comparing it with the notes that I use in class to teach about uh, stress. It's a big topic. It's a complex topic. And the word stress has been overused and misunderstood. Um, if we look back at the the Dr. Hans Zellier, who coined the term stress, he defined it as uh, basically uh, there's good stress and bad stress. You know, he said it was just a nonspecific thing that all living things can manifest this phenomenon known as stress. So uh, Hans Zellier, we'll talk about him for a minute. He coined the term stress, and he developed the general adaptation syndrome theory. He was born in Vienna, uh, 1907, of Austrian-Hungarian descent, and he died in Montreal in 1982. He wrote several books, one called The Stress of Life back in 1956, and it was based on his groundbreaking research and experimentation. 
he became uh, an MD and had a PhD in chemistry. He was basically an endocrinologist, and he studied hormones. In fact, they they uh, give him credit for being the first one to recognize biological stress. So he was able to do experiments. He had a lot of assistants there at the University of Montreal and uh, did a lot of experiments on animals where he would inject <clears throat> animals with specific organ extracts, and he noticed that, that every time the substance that he injected produced the same results. So especially mice, we're talking about mice again, poor mice. <clears throat> they had swelling of the adrenal cortex, which mediates the stress uh, response. Um, and the, the, there would produce uh, various hormones. So this would weaken the, th the thymus, which, uh, you know, does nursing of the T cells in our body. It's a part of the immune response. And yes, as you said before, it weakened, causing ulcers and um, gastrointestinal stress in these animals. Uh, but he also noticed that no matter what diseases his patients had, they all displayed similar symptoms. So no matter what caused the disease, the body would respond in a similar way to cope with it. So, you know, later on in his book, he, he, be, he becomes quite a philosopher. And he talks a lot in terms of, yes, there's stress, and the body uh, learns to cope with it, <clears throat> and it's an important part of being alive. If we don't have stress, stress we just wither away. So he um, also termed the phrases negative stress, meaning uh, he used the word distress, and positive stress, he used the word eustress. Not like, hey, you over there, but you, E-U, pertaining to, from the Greek, meaning good. So good stress or eustress sort of like utopia, euphoria, you know. Um, so whether stress is good or bad, the body reacts the same way. Um, and from this, he developed his uh, general adaptation syndrome uh, theory. And um, as we know, that we, uh, some of us know is that we have first the alarm stage, so the body is perceiving this threat, and then uh, produces a fight-or-flight response, and the body goes into action. It produces adrenaline, and um, and this is done by the, well, we get too technical, but the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, which also produces some cortisol, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. And then we go into the resistance stage, and this is wonderful because this is the way the body tries to cope or adapt, um, and we'll do that until our resource, resources are depleted. And then the, we get into the exhaustion stage. And this where the, the body's depleted and becomes incapable of maintaining normal function. And that can lead to disease, and that starts to break down our immune system. I, I wish they did more of these studies. I'm sure that they do, but with humans. I mean, because uh, mice, they don't have the, the thinking capabilities, of course, that we do. And so um, I understand the injections and and creating stressful environments in the mice physically. But I know for myself, I can, um, I can just, I can be sitting on my couch and I start thinking. And before I know it, I'm in a full-blown panic attack because I've thought myself into this stressful situation or perceived stress. And uh, I'm very capable of it. I see people do it all the time. Um, and it's interesting how we are 
capable of doing that, especially this day and age. The internet is so full of the end of the world. We love <laughs> the end of the world. And uh, sometimes that stresses me out. Um, I, if the end of the world happens, I, I hope I'm not alive. See, I'm going off. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm trying right. to stress myself out. Yeah, but you have coping <laughs> skills. You have coping <laughs> skills. And this is the thing. The mice have coping skills, too. So even though they're not worried about, you know, where their next paycheck is coming from, they're exactly. worried about where the food, the next bite of food yeah. is coming from. So stress is stress. And that's what Hans uh, Zalia was trying to say. It's just, it, it's how we perceive it. So we know with our clients, for instance, that uh, the things they say and how they do uh, all depend on their, partly on their personality, mm. uh, how they grew up, what, their, what the support they had growing up. And what coping skills they learned. I mean, we learn how to how to cope, or we learn how to, not to cope. And we, what happens then? We they, we get into addiction. We get into escapism. Mm. You see, so uh, it's healthier for the body, of course. And we'll have you'll have this is what he said. You will have a better life if you take care of yourself first. And how many of the philosophers of the day talk about self care and and being uh, health health selfish in a healthy way it doesn't mean that you don't like other people it just means that you take care of yourself first like put on your oxygen mask before you put on uh, your child's oxygen mask in a, on an airplane you know there's this type of thing that i think that we do so much to take care of other people we think about other people so much that we neglect ourselves and when people come in for a massage one of the things that you notice after about 10 or 15 minutes they look up at you and say I should have done this a long time ago. And they start to redo their priority list. And many times before they leave the office, they'll say things like, I'm going to change my day. I'm going to start all over. I know what to do about this problem. And I, they seem to have better coping skills. Mm -hmm. And why, why is that? What happens chemically to the body during a massage where people feel uh, replenished? Perhaps it's like the reverse of the general adaptation syndrome, you go from exhaustion uh, back to the alarm state, a stage almost to say, well, I have to reevaluate what I think is a problem. Many times they say, well, this is not really as big a deal as I thought it was when I came in here. Because mm -hmm. we do go to that place mm -hmm. if left alone. Spiral. So it's, it's <laughs> spiraling out of control. This is all about coping skills then, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah. Coping skills and the ability to adapt in a way that you build up more resistance. And if you can stay in that resistance stage long enough not to go to deal with your problem and then not to go to the exhaustion, mm -hmm. then you're okay. But as far as cortisol is concerned, that's still under debate, How the exact effects of long-term cortisol release. I mean, how much does the body have before it becomes depleted? Cortisol will start to weaken the connective tissues, for instance. And this is, you know, cortisol release is great if you're stranded on a desert island, you know, and you have no food and you're, you know, you need to last three days before the boat comes to pick you up uh, or whatever. And uh, cortisol is good then. But if it's just your daily life that's stressing you out and cortisol is released, the theory is that it will weaken your connective tissue, leaving you more susceptible to uh, pain and distress from muscular skeletal problems as well as injury. You'll be more prone to injury. I think one of the best effects of massage therapy is that uh, it helps to nurture the soul. You know, besides all the physiological effects, which still need to be proven, uh, it helps to nurture the soul. It is so natural to touch someone 
and we need touch in order to thrive. Very young babies need touch in order to have the right kind of stress in order to thrive. You know, those experiments that were done with monkeys that were neglected basis, uh, compared to monkeys that were touched and naturally with their mothers. And the monkeys that weren't touched or that were left in a cage with a, a rag on a pole, you know, didn't thrive. Poor monkeys. Oh, stop. No, <laughs> but we have to, you know, have something to, to talk about there and to compare the importance of touch. Another brown, a groundbreaking uh, book was uh, Touching by Ashley Montague. You know, that was our standard book in many massage therapy schools. And he, uh, he talked about the importance of touch and how, and that's where you find those studies where things just won't thrive if they're not touched. That's why you talk to your plants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this is only for humans. It's anything that has a, uh, energy to it. And Hans Zellier talked a lot about energy. I was surprised. He talked about some subtle energies that were perceived as part of the vitality of life. Very interesting. You know, what's fun, too, is I um, just yesterday, actually, um, one of my clients, I find that in nurturing their somebody else's soul and they have that space to let go, I'll say, it's amazing how nurturing it is back to me. And she was mentioning um, Pema Children, who I, whom writes wonderful books. She wrote a book called When Things Fall Apart or The Places That Scare You. And her main theme has always been, um, like I have a tendency, when I get upset, it makes me upset that I'm upset. Like, I'm, why am I so upset about this stupid thing? And then I, I go crazy. And so I, I run from it and continue to run from it. And then there goes the spiral. But Pema mentions that when we're starting to feel whatever it is that's upsetting us, to instead of running from it, trying to lean into it and really giving it your full attention and it's like bringing something to the surface and then letting it go. That's what I tell people with pain and massage and sometimes a trigger point, we're, we're bringing this pain to the surface to let it go. And it's... Uh, yeah, you have to face it you have to at some point. Face it's like it, yeah. Aikido, that martial arts that, you know, where people, where they don't actually <laughs> go after people. People, the, the, def- the defender stands there, the person comes towards them and then they fall kick their butt that way. I don't know. It's very beautiful to watch, actually. But, but don't you think that most of the time people, I mean, we face this challenge of body workers that we know about these benefits. In reality, people would like to get the quick fix, staying away from the problem and either going over things like alcohol or drugs, just to stay away. And that's a way for them to, to cope with the stress, not knowing that. And I always tell people, you know, either to say that you will invest less money if you happen to use any type of body work on a regular basis than if you give up with alcohol and the use of drugs. I, I wish everybody would be at the same frequency saying, okay, just get, get a massage or go with acupuncturist or a psychotherapist just to kind of release all those fears, uh, reduce your level of stress. But it's always looking for that quick fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more people you know, tend to cope with uh, things the way they um, are taught to cope with things or not taught, you know. So if you grew up in a family that used alcohol and drugs in order to cope or run away and escape from problems, then you know you, kind of, you, you tend to grow up thinking that's the answer because you don't know there's another answer. 
in my family where nobody was ever touched except, you know, very briefly. Um, how did I get into massage therapy and learn about it? It was almost by accident. But I learned that uh, through touch we could um, cope much, much better with many things in life. And so and the, the other thing is, you know, the, the, you have your good massage or we can call that you massage or you have bad massage. And that's like could be this massage. <laughs> you know, I've had those. <laughs> and you know what I mean by that? Somebody's touching you and they're not quite there with you. Mm-hmm. So the massage is too light. They're not making that connection or it's brutally deep and they're not... It, it, you feel like they don't care about you. You feel like you're under assault. So there, there can be, you know, a good massage. So our goal is to create an atmosphere and a and a and a use stress uh, situation in that hour that we have with people. If they're if they're very very like they just uh, I worked with somebody recently who had fallen off a horse and she had she didn't break anything really, but she was bruised. And I saw her about two the day after maybe two days after, and I had to go very gently and very, uh, I had to, it was a very nurturing massage. You know those where you're just tiptoeing around, trying not to upset the nervous system and and make things worse. And she had, uh, I think, two sessions or three with me, and she recovered, I think, a lot quicker than had she just gone about her usual business, get back, back on the horse and put up with the pain. But we do tend to, uh, I think Americans particularly have, very interesting coping skills, and they do a lot of self-soothing with, uh, you know, computers and just food, you know, yeah. television and mm-hmm. food, and you know, we just because we don't know the way of the guru, perhaps uh, other ways to do uh, to deal with stress and to cope with stress, so that um, we don't have to use substances. But we don't really, you know, we're just now I think starting to get some tools uh, by the utilization of alternative and complementary medicine that people are now starting to find out there are there are uh, alternatives to okay you feel pain I'm take these drugs when I run out of these drugs I'll beg, beg my doctor for more and if he doesn't mm-hmm. give me more I can find other drugs elsewhere exactly we have a lot of people with chronic pain who are dealing with it that way but then more and more people are finding about uh, finding out about alternatives including massage therapy and they're doing really well they really they not only get feel well but they recover and that's what we need to do. You can't go on with stress uh, indefinitely without it ha- manifesting into some type of disease or disorder. And that's all there is to it. So massage therapy uh, and other alternative medicines can help reverse those, uh, the, the bad effects of, mas- of stress on the body. You can actually reverse them. I've seen it happen. And again, you're listening to the Massage Podcast. You can uh, send us an email if at massagepodcast.com. Let us know what you think, if you think we're just off base or you really agree with some of the things we're saying or you have questions regarding massage. We're here for to promote massage therapy and um, therapists and really stress the importance of what we do for people and today we're talking about stress and uh, we know it's a very big topic and uh, massage is extremely beneficial for stress. Yeah, we can talk about some of the mechanisms there, some of the studies that are being done in this uh, regard. First of all, uh, the Mayo Clinic, which I never thought 
I would see the word <laughs> massage on any of their information. But in the last year or two, I've been seeing more and more about uh, massage therapy as, as, and its benefits being talked about in the Mayo Clinic's website. I love that they're doing that there because uh, for years I was hoping that a place like that would, uh, you know, uh, include massage therapy in their treatment. So here they talk about the benefits of massage and they say is massage is no longer available only through luxury spas and upscale health clubs like that. <laughs> Today, massage is offered in businesses, clinics, hospitals, and even airports. And so they say that you should try it, and they have all of these benefits listed. One is stress relief, the first one on the list. Um, managing anxiety and depression, pain, stiffness, blood pressure, on and on. Um, they talk about the risks of massage, you know, and just just not not to avoid it, but to talk with your physician uh, and to be okay, given the okay for massage. Although sometimes physicians uh, they don't know that um, it's o- almost always okay to receive massage if you go to the proper practitioner who knows uh, what to look for and what cautions to take. And, th- and this could be a marketing tool. As well, if you have doctors or physicians, people that we, we always talk about having to educate our public about massage to get it out there. And, um, and our doctors. Especially doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists. Um, you know, maybe they can add that into their routine to help people get better. Especially, we were talking last week, I think, about the soldiers, yeah. you know, and post-traumatic stress disorder and that kind of thing. In another study, they talk about massage uh, therapy helping out in the workplace and also with uh, students who are, um, you know, sc- going through uh, college and the stress of uh, school. It can be quite a stressful environment, especially if you're trying to, you know, get your Ph.D. and you have all these classes to take and you're trying to work at the same time. But once again, uh, their method of coping with stress for most of uh, college students is pot. <laughs> pot? Pot, pot <laughs> and tequila. Pot, pot and tequila. So, pot. You know, uh, yeah. I, I, You've been to college then. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the reality is we have to explore better things. And well, yeah, healthier things. I mean, healthier. it's also, though, I mean, I could argue that um, <clears throat> exploration of doing things that are, you know, perceived, you know people will say, well... I partied in college, but I'm okay now. I'm a uh, successful person. I had my fun. To a certain extent, some of that is fun. Now, it's only when it goes to uh, extremes that uh, anything, even something good for you, can turn into something that's detrimental. Because th- this is this is exactly, I think, the definition of stress. Okay, the body needs it to be vital. If you don't have any stress, you're basically dead. But you want to... Uh, just be mindful of how much stress you're causing your body. And if it's balanced with good stress and negative stress, you're never going to get away from negative stress. But you have to put some things into your life that are uh, positive. That, that you know, Like when we were kids and we used to roughhouse. That hurt. My brother used to chase me around the house and throw things at me. And we'd wrestle and it hurt. But boy, did it feel so good. Uh, because it's natural. And all animals do it. And we do it because... That kind of touch helps us to thrive. We have to beat ourselves up a little bit in order to uh, to um, build our immune systems. And certainly, the stress response is beneficial in a, in a life or death situation. You know, the uh, yeah. life for life, 
kicks fight, in and fight or flight. Yeah, yeah fight or flight. Kicks in, yeah, saves your life, saves the lives of others, of course. So that's did the, I say uh, fight the, for life? Yeah, <laughs> they're good too. Yeah, the fly for life. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they get adrenaline rushes all the time as they swoop down to collect someone out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be careful getting those skis off. Okay, so um, yeah, fight or flight, the alarm response, the alarm stage of the GAS. I can tell you, my uh, my brother, he's an EMT, so he works very closely with uh, policemen, firefighters, and themselves, who spend hours and hours under extreme stress. And there is, you know, I hear a lot about alcohol being a problem with those uh, the people in those fields. And they're funny. I very rarely see a police officer on my table. Um, I see nurses now and then, um, but hardly ever any EMTs or paramedics or, you know, police officers especially. I, you know, they, they kind of sneak in, hope no one sees them going into the massage place. And and that's too bad. I, uh, we got to figure out how to reach that community too. Yeah, we have done some internships. Uh, through Boulder College of Massage Therapy with firefighters and rescue workers and and certainly after um, disasters, mm-hmm. mm. uh, the Twin Towers, uh, uh, those uh, massage therapists in New York City were so busy. Mm. I know my friend Kathleen was working with them and she said for two weeks afterwards she couldn't get the smell off her hands. Uh. It was, you know, and they all had to go to therapy. A few people had to leave town. This one gal had been... You know, there, right there, saw people, you know, jumping out of the windows. I mean, she had to leave New York. And, again, you know, some people, it's amazing how many people just went about their business in a few weeks. And New Yorkers are remarkably resilient and can really cope with a lot of stress because they're used to it. They have a higher level of stress, and you don't really know what that is until you've spent a week there riding subways and, and just watching the behavior of New Yorkers, which is so different than, say, here in Colorado. Uh, again, it's a matter of uh, stress. is a matter of perception and coping skills. So, uh, but it, it does, we were talking about just a minute ago, the effects of massage on the immune system. And there have been a lot of good studies in that regard. And the, uh, to the point where they are talking about Massage showing an increase, uh, a significant increase in the number of natural killer cells. You know, the cancer-fighting cells mm. are actually increased during massage therapy. So they've seen that with, uh, with uh, doing research with cancer patients, with uh, HIV, uh, you know. So that's really interesting. Now, how the heck do you think uh, getting a massage would help us produce more natural killer cells? Something to you know. I think what 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 is that? Is it because the body is relaxed? Is it because the threat, or the perceived threat, is diminished during massage? And I think that's a little bit more to closer to what we might find that people feel safe during massage. They feel nurtured. They feel that um, that feeling we had when we were children, when we had no worries for that period of time. You know, like you're being taken care of. And remember, we're not really touched like that from the time we're little kids. When was the last time you got touched in a nurturing way before you became an adult who never got touched until you learned about massage, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish I could remember, I will look into this where I read this, but I read an article about addictions, uh, especially to the opiates, like, you know, the 
Vicodins and the and the Percocets. And I I read that the majority of the people who become addicted to those were the were the children who didn't receive enough nurture from their parents, especially as a baby. They didn't get enough of that touch from their mother and so or attention or mirroring or whatever you know children need as they're growing Mm -hmm. up and that the uh, opiates when taken create that feeling that they should have been getting from their mother or their parents and um, we know that uh, I think if you read or I know a lot of people who are just you know, kind of lacking in that growing when they were growing up, they there wasn't that. You know, our, our fathers were, you know, stoic uh, yeah. or or the touch or, was rough. Yeah, our mothers we, were single, or mm-hmm. you know, and they had to work and they didn't have time for this. You know, and so I see that a lot. Um, and that's I've read that Vicodin or the opiates are becoming a huge problem, and they're very easy to people. You know, you go to the yeah. doctor for neck pain. Oh, mm-hmm. here's some Vicodin. Okay, or you know, it's very easy to, for people to get a hold of. And uh, so I thought that was that was interesting. You know, another thing, too, is like, don't the economy. I found some interesting things happen when, you know, things initially started crashing. And, um, you know, I found a, like a, an abrupt halt in clients. It's just seemed there was this collective yeah. stress around the world. Everybody was hanging on to their money. But it didn't take long. About a month or two later, even I had people coming in who didn't even have jobs. You know, they were recognizing the importance of massage. And they they said, I'm so stressed. You know, I don't care if I don't have a job. It's not going to do me any good. And I, you know, to stress out. So I'm coming in for a massage. So people, you know, once that initial shock is over, people find the money to come see us. And it's it's fabulous. So don't ever... Yeah, economy, schmonomy, you know what? Just try not to let that stress you out. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the the other thing was uh, when you're a child getting touched roughly. Um, oh, yeah. You know, all the time about from people who you're supposed to feel safe with. And have you ever had a client who, you know, this happened to them because they can barely stand to be touched. Yet they're coming in with this earnest desire to get over that. Because they know that being touched and receiving massage is not only good for them, but will help them with a lifelong inability to, to be intimate, to be nurturing to their children and other people around them. You have clients like that that you know they just don't, don't like, can't stand to be touched. In fact, some people will not get massage because touch is just such a foreign feeling to them. And they're just, they're much more, than yet they're playing soccer you know, they're getting beat up all the time, yeah. and that's a comfortable touch to them. That's one that's familiar, and they have coping skills to deal with it. And these are sometimes the people who will like to come in for the quick fix because, here, just work on my ankle or just work on my back the whole time. These are people that are not really comfortable with nurturing touch. I have clients like that. I have to, I almost have to get a little rough with them or else they won't feel like they got their money's worth. Would you agree that? There's also the cultural aspect, you know, like when I'm thinking of my background as a Hispanic or Latin, in our culture, we are really touchy and kissing and uh, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, yeah, probably more comfortable with the touch. When I came here, you know, I had to be really careful when I came here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was afraid 
<laughs> that with the same behavior that I'd had in my office when I was working in, in Mexico, if I had it here, probably I would be sued by somebody saying, you know, sexual harassment. Really? And just by the way that we are. Right. So I was extremely careful while watching other people, the way they behave around touch. If I come and just, you know, touch your shoulder, it doesn't mean I'm looking for something else. I'm just mm -hmm. touching you and that's it. So I, I could see my behavior changing quite a bit when I came here just to trying to stay away from trouble. And it's kind of sad because I agree. I believe you see a lot of people who are not comfortable with touch, even as simple as somebody coming and doing something on your back nicely. Mm -hmm. And it feels good. Yeah. You know, I, I always like doing that in Mexico and uh, it, it didn't mean anything just other than being there with your friends and people who you care about. So uh, that's one of the things that I noticed with living in Mexico and living here in, this, in, in the United States. Hmm. Interesting, and, and the diversity of the, the norms of uh, touch and the, around the world is so, it's just very mixed. You know, it's a, yeah, I know there was a situation for myself about five years ago that was extremely stressful and extremely stressful and it's amazing like I just even notice in my a lot of my friends kind of pulling back you know like people get scared when they see someone in dire straits or in a, in a situation they don't understand or you know they they worry about their own reaction how would they have been reacting to the situation that happened to me um, but what's really funny is I I'm just always amazed at I'll say the universe because I uh, was at the zoo and I was just there with a friend of mine and I was sitting on a bench and this little boy knew nothing about me, came out of nowhere and gave me this big hug. Out of nowhere, I didn't know who this kid was. He just came up behind me and gave me this big hug and I just thought, wow, that's really cool. Future <laughs> yeah. massage therapist. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I wasn't crying or anything. I was just sitting oh, there. He, he felt it. He felt you needed a hug. Yeah, um, in oh, fact, he was a, a little Down syndrome. Yeah, that's the purity. Wow. That's the yeah. purity he had. He just saw right through you. Yeah, that was sweet. That's amazing. That was a sweet story. Uh, other studies that are showing great um, promise is uh, in chronic pain, talking about drugs and uh, painkillers. Uh, chronic pain uh, is, is a huge challenge. I mean, um, nearly 100 million people in the United States are suffering from some type of chronic pain. That's, that's a huge amount of folks. Stress-related chronic pain? <laughs> All kinds of chronic pain with, uh, you know, with depression, um, combined problems that lead to, you know, sometimes depression alone can lead to chronic pain and vice versa. They play off each other. So if you have chronic pain, you may become depressed. If you're depressed, you may develop chronic pain. Mm. This is mm -hmm. already well known. So massage therapy in those instances has, has been showing very good results. Pain is stressful. Absolutely. And the other yeah. way around, you know. <laughs> yes. So, again, uh, this study was done uh, using um, a three-arm randomized unblinded trial comparing uh, massage uh, with other uh, pain, uh, standard pain protocols. And, uh, and it's interesting that they used the term mindfulness-based stress reduction as a mind-body intervention. Um, so uh, it's just very interesting. They were using also um, just strictly massage therapy, Swedish massage. So they didn't use any scented oils or 
Reiki or music or anything. They just use Swedish massage, plain and simple. And they have some really good results. See here, turn the page. And this, all this information is, is for all of us, not just our clients, but we want to be educated for ourselves as well. Um, you know, we're a happy massage therapist brings more clients. I'll tell you that for sure. And all, it's interesting that these 60% of the recruited participants in that study were taking at least one narcotic medication. And 40% were taking non-narcotic medications. This is another thing people do. They just drop that Advil mm. and Aleve all day long. They develop peptic ulcers. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, they'll, they'll tend to say, well, if, I, if two work, five will work better. <clears throat> That's a thing, a supersized, you know, American attitude. Anyway, the, the shortcome of this um, discussion here was that the patients, whether they, uh, you know, had chronic musculoskeletal pain, and, um, well, they had, looks like a 90% improvement rate. It's amazing. One more study I want to talk about, and it was done by folks up at, uh, uh, published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, which is fantastic. And these were researchers at the National University of Health Sciences in Lombard, Illinois. <clears throat> My friend... <coughs> My friend, Geraldine Cambron, is really a lovely lady, and she's doing some great research um, within the uh, National University of Health Sciences Massage Therapy Clinic. And so they're doing some real scientific studies up there. And this one was um, also based on... There's a website for this. We can put a link yeah. on, the, on our website. Yeah, the changes in blood pressure after various forms of therapeutic massage. Mm. Again, measuring really uh, significant results in the, the drop of blood pressure, respiration rate would go along with that and everything, but to reduce stress, basically. Significant, and there's going to be a lot more studies like that, but we're doing pretty well, I have to say. In the, in the area of research, we talked about a couple of weeks ago how so little has been done, but what is being done is very exciting in regards to massage helping uh, with coping skills so that the body can, the body's immune system not only uh, functions better, but can repair itself, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Now, from a practical perspective, when you're treating clients, Elaine, what is your recommendation if you see somebody's going through a rough time? What would you tell them? Well, I don't really tell them anything. You know, I listen. And I think that's another thing that people just are not listen to enough. Mm, mm. Right? So we all learn in school uh, the importance of listening skills. So that I, actually stresses me out. When somebody I see that someone I is not listening to me, yeah. I get so upset. Like I just feel unheard, I feel disrespected, and that's the kind of thing I'll spiral. I'm like, people don't care, the world sucks, I hate everyone, you know. Yeah. yeah. So what we do in the session, we we listen. I just like to go into a very, very quiet place and I try to neutralize myself. Not so that I don't care. And I don't show that I'm really listening mm -hmm. and to do some active listening. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while, it pays to say something like, gee, you know, that sounds really rough. You're going through a really rough time right now. Mm -hmm. And not to even expect an answer to that, but many times that's the point at the, and during the session where the waterworks get turned on, where people may have a little cry or, or a little anger comes up or or something that they know they can't bring to anyone else. Sometimes even their psychotherapists 
want to control the session so much mm. that they'll say, okay, you know, how does that make you feel to the point where you don't even know what you oh feel? Oh my God, I hate that question. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's in a, it's a skill, it's a, it's a technique, you know, but in massage therapy, you're, you're being taken care of in a way that you haven't been taken care of since you were little. If even, even if you had that kind of touch where you were little and you know, you were lucky if you did. But it's about listening, giving the person that that space to come into and be themselves without being judged, without being told what to do. Because there's advice and then there's psychological advice and all these things. We don't give that. We just give them a, a place where they can make, where they can rest it all, give it away. And that at that point, then they can start, they get, they're getting dressed, they come outside and they say, thank you, now I know what I'm going to do. See, it's almost like they just needed to have that place to to let it all go so that they could decide what the heck they're going to do next. Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of advice out there. And then sometimes, too, if you're not taking the advice, that'll stress me out even more. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I give those little stretches sometimes or I say, what what are you doing now? Let's see. Okay, that, that, might, that hamstring stretch might be, you might be doing that a little fast, you know, but very gently. Mm-hmm. And never, never saying uh, things like, oh, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. Or if you didn't drink coffee, you would have no problem. You, we mm-hmm. don't have any, that's not our scope of practice, <laughs> you know? So it's, that's one of the nice things about massage therapists. They just, they just love you. You come in and they just love you. They don't have to tell you they love you. They, don't, they show it with that relationship that you have for that half hour or that hour you put your hands on someone in a nurturing way, they feel it. You don't, there's no, it's nonverbal, you know. It's just a beautiful place to be. And I think in its purest sense, that's how massage works. Quiet, nurturing place to be for that time. And I know that's how it is for me. And, you know, depending on who I go to, it could be uh, like uh, a workout in the gym with one therapist mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And when I need that kind of touch, that's where I'll go. Or it could be where I just need to be quiet and have a quiet little cry myself. And I know who to go to for that. And that person will honor that space for me. And I'll never feel like embarrassed or or judged for it. So every therapist has a unique quality and, and has a unique thing to offer. That's another thing. Quite a diversity in the kinds of massages you can get. It's like a restaurant. You can order whatever you want. And, and I like that you brought that uh, to remind us that we have to most of the time listen to the client because I found myself a couple of times with some therapists who all, all of uh, what they're doing is bitching and <laughs> whining about how tough things are for them. And you are looking for that space for yourself, <laughs> just, just want to relax. And all of a sudden, you know, I know about all the challenges that we face as a therapist. And the last thing I want to hear is other therapists telling me how tough it is out mm. there. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's a good reminder. And uh, I hope if you are listening to this, please stop whining yeah. <laughs> while you are, are in a session with a client. Just mm. respect their time and just be there for them. In fact, yeah, don't really talk that. Now you might have a client who's very talkative too. And that annoys some therapists. But for me, it's like, that's how, that's what they're needing to do right now. Yeah, that's it's a their, release. Let them, mm-hmm. let them talk. You yeah. know, you don't have to answer. You don't have to have their answers for them. That's the thing. People mm-hmm. think, oh, they're talking about all their problems. What should I say? You don't have to say anything most of the time. If they ask you, what should I do? You say, you know what? 
I think you're going to figure that out yourself. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, you know. Um, and if you're going to give some advice, for instance, instead of saying, here's what you should do, mm-hmm. sometimes I know this is what that person needs to hear. I just know it. And mm. I'll say, well, you know, another <laughs> client of mine did such and such and so and so to make an example. And sometimes yeah. they'll say, oh, you know, you know, I tried that, what you, what that other client did. It really worked. It was really wonderful. Thank you so much. Like I had nothing to do mm-hmm. with that, you know. But not to be uh, talking about, uh, pers- and, and, and also it's nice uh, when a massage therapist has uh, their massage therapy voice on, you know. I mean, they, uh, in clinic sessions, supervising students, you learn so much. You go into one room and it's very quiet and the student's totally in the zone and the patient's totally in the zone and nobody's touching the ground. It's a beautiful thing. You go into mm-hmm. the next room and they're just blabbing away about, and the I don't mind that the client's blabbing away, but when the therapist is also then accelerating and and the voice gets louder and louder and they're talking about who knows what kind of junk, it's okay, but I, I said, I just looked at the therapist and I you know went like this to kind of lower your voice. Use your massage therapy voice, mm-hmm. kind of like your inside voice. If you're in a massage, getting a massage, and somebody's voice is irritating mm-hmm. it kind of blows the whole thing it does and, and and you could see that in clinics either where you are in the next room where people right. on the other side are really loud and annoying you either as a client or as the therapist during your session so it's challenging i really would like to come and tell them shut the hell up here yeah <laughs> I, I know. just can't and this is the part of massage that can be extremely powerful that i think i even just sitting here listening to both of you forget myself Sometimes, you know. Do that. you really? I do. <laughs> I'm sorry so shocked. to all my clients. <laughs> I'm shocked. Well, yeah, it's the, the same voice that I use uh, when I'm doing my phone message, you know. Because if I just go, this is Elaine Calenda's phone, I sound like, you know, right from Queens again. And it sounds very nasal. So I have to, you know, put on the, I have to use that voice. But that voice is the one that um, people learn to trust, people come in for. They want to hear that. Your, you at your most nurturing place. And I keep using the word nurturing because I feel like um, our society has become so high tech that it's hard to break through and get to some people mm. sometimes. They're just so addicted to not only drugs, but to their telephone. Stimulus. Mm-hmm. To uh, so many technological stimuli mm-hmm. uh, that... Uh, massage therapy or that kind of human touch is almost foreign to them. I have students like that, and I still don't think they get the connection between getting in touch with people on their cell phones and iPads and all these fancy devices they have and receiving uh, and giving touch in the classroom. Uh, They're getting there, but a lot of them are just so disconnected with their bodies still. And this is in the, they've been around school for about five months a long time mm-hmm. and we used to see people get the breakthrough a lot earlier and that connection to sort of like you know that's where the bumper sticker kill your television came from just to like get in touch with reality of the world and stop escaping into you know but again that's the privilege of i love television don't get me wrong you know but i don't watch it day and night and i'm very p- particular about what i watch but but I think we, we also have to consider these kids, you know, this new generation, people in their 20s, 
they were raised in a different way than the way we were raised. Mm. I agree with you. Sure. The stimuli there is way, way different than when I was just watching TV. Now it's, as you said, the computers, the telephones, any video games, any, any, video games, any type of gadget that uh, it's hard. And I can see with my eight-year-old mm. sometimes just to come on, focus, do your homework. <laughs> they get distracted so easily mm -hmm. that it's might be difficult sometimes to have these young people to get into that space. I don't know. But yeah. I think it's possible. Yeah. Working with children, uh, you do see that, you know, when a child is active and then they get on your massage table and within a few minutes they calm down, mm -hmm. that's a real nice calm. It really is. And then they walk away, they get in there. They're <laughs> in their pajamas, you know, and they get on the massage table with their pajamas and the footies. And then they, they walk away with their little stuffed animal and they just get quiet. They don't want to do anything. They just want to sit still. It's, it's really interesting to see that. I really think a massage is the cure for everything. But that's just me and I have a strong bias. But what do you think it is, all this uh, technology? What do you think the purpose is? I, I, I think that they're going to need to be prepared to live in spaceships for space stations for long periods of time. That's why they're learning how to do this now so that they can sit and run all the uh, operations in outer space when we have to leave the planet. Oh, when our world ends. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here we go. You know, we have improved so much in the way we communicate, in technologically speaking, but when you see people or kids, teenagers, uh, walking on, on, on the mall, three girls, and each of them <laughs> talking on talking their cell phone. Else, yeah. Or they're texting each other while they're walking it's, next it's to each other. It's just weird to me. It's yeah, just quite well. weird. And, you know, it's just feel that we're getting disconnected, disconnected, and... Um, I was watching the, reading the, the newspaper and, and I saw this cartoon making a joke where the girlfriend is complaining to the boyfriend that like, you don't know anything about me and just bitching and whining. And the guy is into his computer, his laptop. He said, well, you should be reading my blog. And that's the way we yeah. <laughs> the gener generations yeah. communicate. So you get to know me. Yeah, so read you have to blog. read my blog instead of talking. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. It's a, it's a beautiful world. Um, everything happens for a reason. And so... We'll probably see what that is in years to come. In the meantime, yeah, my father thought that long hair on men and bell bottoms was totally absurd. And, and I certainly um, don't appreciate some of my students and their, you know, their cleavage. These young women they're going into massage therapy, always showing their cleavage. And then they give me a bad look if I tell them to wear a T-shirt that covers them up a little bit. So what is that? I mean, they're, they're very into exposing themselves. And, you know, they tell me, don't be such an old-fashioned person, you know. And, or the other day, some, I, I, a woman was sitting down, a young woman, working on someone at the head of the table, and um, her, what do you call it, gluteal cleavage was showing. Oh, I see. And um, <laughs> so I went by and I said to her, you know, I, I said, could you pull your shirt down a little bit? You're showing. She said, well, just don't look. Mm. This okay. is the attitude. You know, it's really, well, I uh, thought, okay, I'm supposed to look, I said, I'm supposed to tell you these things. It's my job. So excuse me for trying to protect you out there in the world when you're going to go out there. And then two years from now, you're going to be calling, crying to me that men are always trying to pick me up. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. She, she's going to learn the hard way when, you know, she, she doesn't have that exposure yet to how things were outside and uh, when she gets bothered constantly by having uh, her clients to ask for a mm -hmm. happy ending, she's yeah. going to be quite bothered and she will understand why. Mm. Yeah. 
or to go for a job interview with that cleavage. And then they say, well, I didn't get the job. And, you know, they're standing in my office and everything is showing. I thought, well, what? It's all, you know, excuse me for being old fashioned, but this is a part of just common decency. But uh, cleavage is back in style, I guess. Yeah. I don't Who knows know. when the, the corset's going to come back next. So they're up and over the top of the, <laughs> the dress there. So here's a thought. So the if we got our good stress and our bad stress, what <clears throat> what happens to the people out there, let's just say, who are striving for enlightenment, you know, and they they never are stressed about anything? Do you think they just kind of phase out of the world? And- well, they figured it out for themselves, <laughs> you know. And um, Dr. Zellier talked about this, too, and, and, and um, his followers talked about, you know, the, the great gurus out there may not have, may have the answer for you, but that's not the answer for everyone. So if you uh, go to take breathing classes, you know that that helps you cope with your stress. If you go study with some guru and take on that philosophy and do a lot of yoga and eat vegetarian or vegan, and uh, that works for you, but it may really stress out another person. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people are just annoyed by the thought of it. So uh, everybody just has to find their own way and their own coping mechanisms or coping skills and figure it out for themselves. And then with your clientele, you learn what what helps them cope and what things they do because they confess to you all the things they're doing sometimes. And you're just like, oh, my God, how is this person even alive? <laughs> um, but they are, and they're coming to you for uh, stress relief, and you just do what you have to do there. We have a... Uh, few minutes left for yeah and i have a question for you what yes. is your recommendation for anybody out there who you know doesn't have any injuries is just living his happy life probably a little bit stressed how often do you recommend them to get a massage for these people yeah otherwise healthy uh nothing going on so even once a month you know if they if they can uh, uh I mean, most people can afford to drink less Starbucks or coffee. Not that I'm putting down Starbucks. I like a few of their things. Um, but you can go in there and spend $10 easy on a drink and a, a little pastry. Some people are choosing just to put aside some money. So I would recommend uh, at least once a month just to keep things from bubbling over the surface. Because we all need stress. We all learn how to uh, cope with it. Uh, physical activity and good stress like that. Uh, a passionate kiss is an example of uh, good stress. I always tell my students that, you know, uh, find things that are stressful, but in a good way for your body to keep you vital, mm-hmm. you know, keep you happy. Uh, massage therapy is a truly, I think, an example of a very good stress, a good stress. And um, Even that little bit of pain and discomfort, you know, if it's modulated for the person's tolerance, it's very good for your vitality and uh, will keep your stress level down. I know people that say, this just keeps me happy. It keeps me from, uh, you know, getting too angry at myself or others. All right. So we have a tip. We have a tip, and it's uh, obviously important. You know, is the more we talk about massage, the more even I'm realizing, you know, how important we are and how much we're we're present for people and we need to care for ourselves. And so today Elaine has a tip of the week, I think, on self care. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Again, you know, 
When was the last time you had a massage, Don? Uh, actually, it was three weeks ago. Okay, three weeks is starting to get to that. It's getting, Month time, yep, you know, and it, yep. and things start bubbling. So you start not sleeping as well or some something. You maybe get a little irritable when you shouldn't. And um, Watch you know, the so news. My, my massage therapist is on his way to Singapore, so I'm going to be looking for alternatives, and I'll just go to someone else. And I'll try not to say that I'm a massage therapist so they don't start asking me a bunch of questions. That's uh, another good thing thing. The other tip or accessory for the week, uh, really, really quickly, is TheraBand. I can't tell you how many of my patients and clients love to go from yellow to blue. That's one of the things. You have your boxes of TheraBand, and they're different colors up on the shelf, and they'll say they'll get motivated to go from yellow, which is the lightest, uh, the least resistance, to blue and gray and you know, silver and black are the heavier resistance. And I, I just love that tool because... Uh, it allows people a little motivation. It doesn't, I've never seen anybody get hurt with it. It just gives a lot of a nice resistance. TheraBand or TheraTubing. Um, and then they see the color uh, gradient there and they say, when am I going to get to red? When am I going to get, and you know, and you say, well, you know, you're getting stronger and uh, this red is, uh, the yellow one is getting a little boring for you. We're going to jump you up to red this week. Give them a three piece, three foot piece of it to take home and it, it just gives them a little thrill. I had very good success using TheraBand and TheraTubing in my practice. Excellent for all kinds of tension and different various problems that people are having. Well, yeah, and and you know people are you know they're saying a lot more these days about the importance of isometric exercise, resistance versus uh, heavy weights with lots of repetition, not during the rehabilitation stage anyway. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much. If you've joined us or you listen to us in the future, please contact us on the contact page at massagepodcast.com or leave a voicemail or send a text message to 303-656-9860. We look forward to chatting with you next week. And have a wonderful day. Yeah, so I want to thank the graduates for getting in touch with me via email, and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Okay, thank you.